welcome to Rocktail Hour, an hour's worth of rockin' good time in about 15 minutes with your buddies Tim, Treg, and Michael, three old guys that are a testament to the fact that rock and roll keeps you young. In each Rocktail Hour, we bring you our favorite stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all times and other interesting ruminations about the music and the rockers who've inspired us over the years. Today's Rocktail Hour is brought to you by Audible.com. You can download a free audiobook of your choice at audible.com or from the link on our homepage or affiliates page. Today, Michael is going to tell us the story behind Sunday Bloody Sunday by U2. Thanks, Tim. Sunday Bloody Sunday was probably the most successful track off of U2's 1983 album, War, which was U2's first significant commercial success and the album that really launched U2 into perhaps the greatest rock and roll band of all time, probably in competition with the Stones uh, in terms of uh, live performances. Uh, The song grew out of an Edge guitar rift in 1982. Incidentally, 1982 just happens to be a phenomenal year for songwriting, and we will uh, explore throughout Rocktail Hours uh, various great works that that came out of 1982, uh, including Journey's Open Arms, Michael Jackson's Thriller, and, and others. And for ni- the 1980s to have gotten such a bad rap in terms of music, um, I think we kind of overlook the early 80s as really being a great time for, for songwriting. So the guitar rift was the result of an argument that uh, The Edge had with his girlfriend. And, and again, as an aside, how many great rock and roll songs have come out of arguments that people <laughs> have had with their girlfriends? Yeah. <laughs> You know, if I had had more arguments with my girlfriends, I would have uh, probably written some good songs. But <laughs> if you would have had more girlfriends, yeah, or any, <laughs> yeah, a girlfriend, tell one, tell, tell Jenny. But the Edge described this as channeling quote feelings of depression. I channeled my fear and self-loathing into a piece of music. Wow. Based on that feeling of depression and self-loathing he came up with the guitar rift which is you know essentially the hook for the song the edge also wrote uh, the first or took the first crack at writing the lyrics but ultimately they were rewritten by bono bloody sunday refers to the event in Derry, ireland in 1972 where british troops killed uh, unarmed civil rights protesters and bystanders so it's it's important to understand what that event was Uh, In 1970, the IRA began their campaign in Northern Ireland uh, to protest or to fight against what they perceived as discrimination against the Catholic minority in both voting and in in the disbursement of public housing and public benefits. And so the IRA uh, had essentially a movement that was both political and revolutionary in the sense of fighting against the British, what they conceived of as the British occupation. In 1971, the British instituted internment without trial, essentially taking away people's civil rights. And so there were multiple protests and a civil rights movement that grew out of that. Uh, The British government ultimately banned marches. And so so the IRA began a quite uh, bloody campaign against the British government itself. And by the end of 1971, the IRA had killed about seven or eight British troops uh, who were occupying Northern Northern Ireland. A march was then organized by this civil rights group. And as part of the march, something that had become a kind of common occurrence in Northern Ireland, as it has in Palestinian, youth ended up attacking 
quote unquote, uh, the British troops with rocks and bottles throwing things at them, but it was a pretty tame or common occurrence in Northern Ireland given the occupation. At some point, the British government opened fire on the protesters and uh, killed 13 men, uh, 12 of whom were indisputably unarmed. Uh, only one was alleged to have been carrying a, a nail bomb, but even that was disputed by most of the evidence. Uh, the 12 or 13 that were killed were uh, largely killed as they were running away, shot in the back, shot in the back of the head, uh, shot while they were trying to uh, assist those who had already been uh, gunned down by the British troops. And notably, I think 12 of the 13 died instantly, which tells you that they were shooting to kill and wow. not to maim. Uh, it was it was widely considered to be a massacre of unarmed people, um, something similar to in the United States our Kent State massacre. the The other notable thing uh, about Bloody Sunday was that no British soldiers were uh, killed or wounded in mm. that. Uh, and so the subsequent British investigation that determined that the British troops had been firing in self-defense uh, was widely seen to be a, be a propaganda and, and a government whitewash. So, Michael, were any of the police officers held accountable for their actions? Right. There was a government investigation which, uh, again, found that the soldiers were acting in self-defense and that all the soldiers were exonerated. Nobody was held accountable. Wow. However, in 2010, just a couple years ago, they did reopen an investigation and left open the possibility that they would uh, charge some of the soldiers with murder. I, I believe that, uh, to my knowledge, nothing has happened since then. There was, however, a formal apology by the British government towards the, the people of Ireland for that event. And you, well, obviously, we're not taking a stand uh, one way or the other on the events. I mean, the context, though, would, from the, I think, British soldiers' perspective, take into account that they were an occupying force. Um, several soldiers had been killed by sniper fire. They were dealing with a hostile crowd that were throwing uh, rocks and bottles at them, which are deadly weapons. Uh, and so, you know, the, I'm sure there was... Uh, two perspectives to to the events of that day. Actually, we are in good company not taking a stance on the events of Bloody Sunday. Uh, in fact, that was U2's uh, ultimate response and a disclaimer of this song. Uh, the original Edge lyrics were seen as taking a stance in favor of those who had been slain and in, perhaps in favor of the Catholic minority, which of course the you two are Irish Catholics, um, but because it is such a politically charged event, the Edge's lyrics were rewritten to make it uh, a neutral song uh, in terms of uh, you know coming down in favor of one side or the other in those events uh, because they thought it was necessary in order to protect the safety of you two. And so if you, the, the, the most probably famous rendition of this song was out of the uh, U2 Live at Red Rock concert, the video that we all, you know, probably first experienced U2 uh, 
uh, with um, you know the band playing at Red Rocks with you know the the the, the kind of the fog coming in and the torches that were blazing, uh, and Bono was saying that this and started each uh, live performance by saying this song is not a rebel song, meaning that it's not a song in favor of the IRA and it's not a song that is protesting against the massacre. Really, what the song was was about or became about was talking about political violence itself and being against political violence. Um, well, and I have a hard time understanding why anybody would think that this song was about an individual retirement account. <laughs> the, the drummer Mullen was was said about the song is that it's not about the events of Bloody Sunday, but it's about political violence itself. He said, I don't care who's who, Catholics, Protestants, whatever. People are dying every single day through bitterness and hate, and we're saying, why? What's the point? And you can move that into places like El Salvador and other similar situations, but let's forget about the politics and let's stop shooting each other. So the song was really a song, it was anti-violence, anti-political violence, uh, and really a song about pacifism and peace. Bloody Sunday was, again, off the album War, which was the first notable song in the U.S. from that album. The other was I Will Follow, but Bloody Sunday soon be, uh, became the song that catapulted you two into the consciousness of Americans. Although the song did not make the top 40, it was the song that launched U2 uh, into uh, the stratosphere in terms of popularity in the U.S. Now, we'll hear more about U2 in other podcasts, but I think a postscript to this is that U2 cannot be disassociated from Ireland, and U2 is also considered to be one of the most politically active bands, uh, rock bands, uh, in history. Uh, in 2006, however, they came into uh, disrepute in Ireland because they ended up incorporating their publishing company, company in the Netherlands in response to a tax that was imposed on artists in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> so they essentially expatriated their assets to the Netherlands uh, because what happened was they, there, was a, there was a cap that was on artist uh, tax revenues uh, which they ended up, I think, repealing the exemption, and their taxes went up astronomically, uh, particularly wow. given how much uh, income they had. And it was considered a very anti-Irish thing to do to to take your assets and put them in uh, the Netherlands. Yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Uh, that was a, especially in light of in, in 2011. Just to talk about how successful this band is, their tour that concluded in 2011 grossed 736 million dollars. Holy cow! That's incredible. And you uh, two, as a as a political band, I mean, since since really they were founded uh, in the late '70s and became popular in the early early '80s, they have been um, associated with some of the, uh, in terms of rock and roll, some of the b b biggest and most successful causes in terms of helping people. I mean, Bono's uh, commitment to the to African famine. Their participation in 1984 is Do They Know It's Christmas, which was the Band-Aid uh, relief. Uh, 86, they participated in the Amnesty, Inter or headlined the Amnesty International Tour. 92, the Greenpeace concert. 93, they played Sarajevo. There was the first, first, the first concert in Sarajevo after the Bosnian War. Uh, in 98, they played Belfast before the Good Friday Agreement. 
you know, they've, it, the list goes on and on in terms of these people putting their money where their mouth is and really trying to change the world through their music and through their popularity. And through their contributions. And, and through their contributions. Uh, case in point, they, you know, The Sweetest Thing is one of their most commercially successful songs. They donated 100% of the proceeds of that song to the victims of Chernobyl. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Michael. That was a great story. Um, for the listeners of the Rocktail Hour, I uh, just want to remind you that audible.com is offering a free audiobook download with a 14-day trial membership, and that'll give you a chance to try out their service. You can link to that uh, from our website on our homepage, or you can link to it on our affiliates page. Please email us at dudes at rocktailhour.com if you think we uh, ever get it wrong or if you have an interesting Rocktail Hour of your own. If you have a recommendation of a song, you can email us as well. If you think we're just lame, well, please keep that to yourself. And you can also contact us if you want to buy the next round at an upcoming Rocktail Hour by becoming a sponsor. And until the next Rocktail Hour, rock on. Rock on.